So this Saturday in Detroit, the Bucks only have to win, and they're in. But could they make a run in the playoffs? And who are the toughest teams in the NFC? The NHL season will begin January 13th with a 56-game schedule. With realignment, the Lightning will be in the Central Division this season. How will they fare? And there is news that Nikita Kucherov has a hip injury. How concerning will that be to the Bolts? We'll discuss all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, Mr. Empanada would love to wish you all a very Merry Christmas just in a few days with the holidays coming up. What better way to celebrate than safely getting together with family and friends and Call your folks at Mr. Empanada. Any gatherings can include their mini empanadas or Cuban sandwiches. Mr. Empanada appreciates their customers. They'd like to show you uh, how eager they are to move on to 2021, aren't we all? Just do this by ordering online at MrEmpanada.com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food, quality, and service meet is Mr. Empanada. Hey, we'll get to Tom in just a minute, but I uh, just wanted to touch on the news, of course, that uh, broke late last night. Of course, the NFL has their big Pro Bowl selection show. There is no Pro Bowl game, of course. It's going to be virtual this year with the pandemic and whatnot, but that's not really what this is about. It's about honoring players. Um, sometimes there's some some bonus money involved, but regardless, uh, you know, the Bucks had a good year, and um, you would expect they would have had a number of Pro, Pro Bowl players on there. Uh, not as many as you think, exactly one, <laughs> just one. And it wasn't the one I, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not saying he's not deserving, don't get me wrong, um, but I would have thought that perhaps one of the inside linebackers, Devin White, or maybe Levante David, uh, may had made the Pro Bowl, maybe even Tom Brady. Uh, but instead it was, uh, it was Jason Pierre-Paul. And I got to tell you, I'm awfully happy he did. This guy is an absolute beast and a warrior, and the things he's been through, uh, with the injuries he's had off the field, of course, we all know about the July 4th accident he had several years ago that uh, removed parts or all of three of his fingers, um, came back from that. Uh, his game has not dropped off one iota. Uh, he's 31 years old. He's still out there balling. Um, guy that doesn't want to come off the field, plays 1,000 snaps a season. And uh, what's really unusual, uh, he had the neck injury a year ago. He missed the first six games. We didn't know if that was going to be career-threatening or not. Came back had eight and a half sacks in the final 10, and then this year leading the team in sacks again. And it's been eight years between Pro Bowls for Jason Pierre-Paul. That, I don't know that that's been done, where a guy made a Pro Bowl early in his career and then went eight seasons and then was still good enough um, you know, to be voted by his peers. It's a, it's a third of vote, fan votes, and then the other two-thirds are players and coaches, so you know – uh, what respect he must have around the league. So congratulations to Jason Pierre-Paul. But, uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, we were talking to Devin White the other day, and he was talking about how, uh, you know, he, he feels like they have to start faster, of course, and, and you need to come up with a, a little motivation from time to time. And he was watching the Jordan movie uh, that they had, uh, you know, that 10-part documentary. And he said, you know, sometimes you sometimes you have to make stuff up to just motivate yourself, just to go out there and, and prove everybody something and, you know what? He doesn't have to make anything up anymore. <laughs> He's going to be absolutely motivated. He was tweeting out some stuff yesterday about, ah, I guess I got to show him. So at least this will be fuel to his fire. And uh, and a reward for Jason Pierre-Paul, who's been a really good player for the Bucks ever since he was traded from the New York Giants. He has one more year left on his contract at $12.5 million. And um, certainly him and uh, Shaq Barrett have been the best duo 
uh, of uh, you know pass rushers in the NFC for the last two years. I think they have 45 and a half sacks. So congratulations to him. Uh, sorry about everybody else, but uh, hey, um, you know they'll just uh, hopefully these guys will go out here and prove that they are they are the best. And uh, I was I was robbed, as they'll say, um, but uh, they still got football to play, so that's a good thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tommy, the Buccaneers are one win, win and you're in, away from the postseason, the playoffs. It's a P word. And uh, hasn't been used in these parts for the Buccaneers since uh, 2007. Seven. 2007. <laughs> I want to emphasize that because I don't even, that was like 13 years ago, right? I was 12 years old. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. <no>. And I, <laughs> was, I was 14. But listen, um, this, is, uh, this, is, this is a big deal. And, and I know that they had higher goals. I know that you don't bring in the GOAT just to make it to a wild card round. They haven't done it yet, by the way. And yes, we can get into you know the impossibly uh, slow starts that that Tom Brady pulled them out of against a very bad Atlanta team. Having said all that, I've counted five coaches that have attempted to do this. Um, countless players, guys like Levante David that have been there for nine years, eight or nine years, has never sniffed the postseason. This is a big deal that they 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 could go to Detroit on Saturday. And by four four thirty, you know, have a ticket to the dance. No, it's a really big deal, Rick. And we talked about this when before the season about Tom Brady coming in, what this all meant. And then all season long, we've had this hand wringing. Oh, what's wrong with Brady? Is he over the hill? Can he still play? What's wrong with this? How come they can't get this guy involved? Blah blah blah. And here they are, nine and five, Rick. They could they could very easily win their last two games, go eleven and five. If I'd have told you over the summer. They're going to bring in Brady. They're going to bring in Gronk. They're going to bring in Fournette. They're going to bring in all these guys. And if you would you sign up for that if they got eleven and five? Heck yeah! Why so, would you? Of course. I mean, I think what, as this season goes along, yeah, we could we could point out all the warts that this team has. But look, bottom line is bottom line. They're going to go at least nine and se- nine and seven at the very worst. I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go eleven and five. Mm-hmm. And. And yeah, they're they're making the playoffs and very well could draw an NFC East team, right? And not to look that far ahead to say, oh yeah, and then they beat this team and this team. Next thing you know, they're in the Super Bowl. But they're in the dance, Rick. They're in the dance as they're figuring this thing out. And I think it's been a, a wildly successful season at this point. Well, I mean, it hasn't it hasn't looked like they would have hoped it would have looked. But what in twenty twenty one has? You know, that's right. that's what I would would say to everybody. And the other thing is. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I was actually talking to a couple people at, at the Bucks, and they, they actually were, you know, sort of like as down as I think most fans are like, geez, the first half's like, what, you know, kiss if we could just do this for 60 minutes, like why we can't just seem to get this. And I understand the work that goes in and I understand the hand wringing over there that goes in. Bruce Arian said something I thought was actually kind of funny. It's like, what do you do now? He goes, just don't talk about it. 
We tried it. <laughs> he did. He said, we tried everything. We practiced at night. We've emphasized, you know, first periods We've you know, of practice. We've, you know, done this and that. He's like, you know what? At this point, just go out there and play. Like, and that's kind of where they're at. It's there's there is no one thing, or you know, it's the old hey coach. If you, you know, well, if I knew how to fix it, don't you think I would have fixed it? Right. Um, they don't know how to fix it, and yet I watched the second half of that game when they did make some changes, right, on defense and on offense. When they gave Brady a little more protection, um, when uh, you know defensively they uh, play a little more man with with safeties over the top, and then. Devin White, you know, when they kept the back end for mass protection, would 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 blitz Matt Ryan and got him on the ground three times, and we saw this team explode, explode for thirty one points in a half. They scored on every possession until the kneel down. Um, you just don't do that against anybody in the National Football League very often, much less when you're down seventeen to nothing. So, look, I I see that that this team could get hot. They're going to play two more tomato cans, Atlanta again and Detroit on Saturday, but who's to say that with with the GOAT under center, um, with just a little bit of help from your defense here or there, that, you know, they, they couldn't make a little bit of run. Like, I don't know if they're going to make the S- Super Bowl and the confetti's going to fall on their heads or anything. I just think that there needs to be, you know, expectations versus reality. You sign Tom Brady and it's like, ooh, we're going to the Super Bowl. That's it. We got him. He's 43. I don't care. We're going. And then you get into the season, and everybody's like, this is really hard. You know, this isn't going the way we thought it would go. Look, the second half of that game yesterday, on Sunday, I thought was as as good as Brady has looked. I, I thought his yeah. arm looked good. I thought he looked he looked really um, – he looked like everything that you thought he would be when you brought him in. Antonio Brown looked good. He hit him on the big pass. Yeah. Defense got better. I realized, Rick, that – yeah, in the first half, 17 nothing, and then they fall behind 24-7, to and you, you start to think, what the heck's going on here? But I'll also say this, and, I, and, and I'll, again, realizing, too, that they're playing a bad team, like you just mentioned, a tomato can. At the same time, every game in the NFL is hard. And it if is. you look around the NFL, it is. Even the, even the, I think we all agree the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. Mm-hmm. I think now, I think I saw a stat the other day, they played six consecutive games that were that have been decided by – by a touchdown or less? Yes, that's correct. That's the best team in the NFL. The who New seems York to do- Jets went to the Rams and beat the Rams when it mattered to the exactly. Rams. Exactly. You don't think the Rams – I mean, the Jets aren't even trying to win games. No, they screwed up. I mean, they literally <laughs> they, screwed up, and the players are trying to win, but right, God bless no, no, them, they, they, they weren't sure supposed they are. to sure win. They are, yeah, they are trying to win. But, I mean, even a team like Kansas City, who can seem, seemingly do anything they want, on offense, it feels like a like a Madden game at times. It is. That it is. Set on the on the expert level, and the other team set on like the beginner <laughs> level, and and even they get into these games where they're behind at times, they're struggling at times. They don't. That's the way the NFL works. Every game, we you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. That's why when you when you look at the odds every week, when you look at the point spreads, nobody's. Nobody's ever favored by like 18. This isn't college football where you're favored by 18 points. Every game's like six and a half. Even teams that are supposed to win big, those games are close odds because that's the way the NFL works. So when I look at the Tampa Bay Bucks and say, well, they struggled, blah, blah, blah. Like, look, they won. They won the game. Let me ask you this. Let me get in. Let me get into a little bit of this slow start type stuff. And I want to get sure. your reaction to it because I don't know. You, you know this better than I. But Got watching it. some of the national shows on Monday. Oh, okay? boy. Oh, every now, Monday, every Monday, well, every Monday, and and this slow start, and the guys on Get Up, and again, I'm not saying this 
that I agree with them. I don't know. That's why I'm yeah, going to turn to it. you. I saw it. Okay, so their reaction to all this, Rick, just to tell people who are listening to this, was, yeah, you want to know what the slow start is? In the first half, they're running Bruce Arians' offense, and the second half, they're running Tom Brady's offense. First half, Bruce Arians slash Byron Leftwich. And then the second half, Brady's like, look, get out of the way. Let me handle this. Let me do this. And then they go crazy in the second half. Anything to that? I'm not sure that's true. I think it's the same offense. In fact, what I would say is, okay, let's take the touchdown play. Now, all year long, right, we've heard the same show. And look, I'll say this. They're not wrong about some things. They're wrong about this, I think. But they're not wrong about something. Like Dan Orlovsky, who I, who I covered and is a really smart guy, has done incredible on television, has is, is become their go-to, really, analyst, you know? Sure. Um, kind of a rising star at ESPN, if there is such a thing anymore. Which we can get into, by the way. Um, no, but I agree with you. He's really good. I think he's, he's really, he's good, really good at X's and O's, and he and he and he talks he talks in a language that even I can understand. Which, believe me, uh, even after being out there for many many years, I still don't get football the way you think I would. But he's been right about you know the need for more pre snap motion to give those those pre snap cues to Tom, because the one thing we know about Tom is like he's seen everything, he's done everything, he he, he gets everything right. So the physical is is always going to be the question as he gets to 43, 44. It's ridiculous that he's out there with the arm strength that he has and all of that. But he's got the cheat codes pretty much to everything, except Bruce's offense. Bruce's offense is new, and he didn't do what Peyton Manning did. He didn't go to Denver and say, no, 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 you're going to learn wherever I go. All 22 guys are going to learn my stuff. Right. Okay. Um, he didn't do that. Okay, fine. So he's got terminology. But the last play, for example, they ran three guys on go routes, right? out of a possible five, all right? And the safeties had to make a choice. They were slow reacting. They went to some other guys, and they left Antonio Brown just run right by a dude. And he's missed Antonio a few times uh, when he was open. He didn't miss him this time. Well, you know what? In another offense, maybe he doesn't even get that shot. They don't run three streaks down the middle of the field when you're, when you, you're, you know, you're down by three. You know what I mean? They're trying to get down in a field goal range. They're trying to make sure, well, let's – Let's not risk it. Let's make sure we dink and dunk our way here and give our, or at least our field goal kicker has a shot to tie this up, right? So the same people that say, this offense doesn't fit Tom Brady, guess what? How did it fit him on Sunday? How did it fit him with all the deep balls that he, that he hit? Um, you don't come back in that game if you don't press the ball down the field, even though they know you're going to throw to try to get back in it. So I agree with some of what they say. I, I would say they did make some adjustments, right? Protection is the key with Brady. You can't get him hit as much. And in this offense – He's been hit more than he's ever been hit, and that's always the case because you know they're they're constantly trying to get five guys into the route, and and they can always bring more than you can block. So Tom has to throw the ball hot if they're going to come after him um, with more than four guys down linemen, and for the most part he's got to protect himself that way. And if the receivers aren't on the same page, it's an incompletion or he's getting hit. Uh, I think they kept you know they did a little better job in the second half of protecting him, gave him a chance, and he started making plays all over the field. So everybody is right and and no nobody is right you know what i'm saying like we're <laughs> right, not yeah. in the meetings so but i mean is there is there something though is there something to the are they changing protection are they are they doing more what brady likes in the second I half think they're getting or there. explain like why these first halves and again if you had the answer you'd be on the coaching staff i'm sure well but, i should be on the coaching staff let's make that clear <laughs> what's um, but what i mean how do you explain 17 nothing and looking totally abysmal like 60 some <laughs> yards or whatever yeah, for a well, good chunk of the first half. Well, a couple things. One, they've never really, um, they've never really run the ball very well consistently. Like he doesn't, you know, 
even against the worst teams, you don't want to get in a position where, you know, you're going to throw the ball on every down. I know the Rams did that against the Bucks because they just said we can't run it and they threw it 51 times. But they threw it quick in rhythm and with bootlegs and waggles and things like that. So, you know, they didn't have Ronald Jones, who apparently, you know, got COVID, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, the running back situation, I mean, even though they have Leonard Fournette, he's been kind of sulky. He's been in the doghouse a little bit. He hadn't played well. He didn't play well Sunday. You know, they had a play. They would call it a screenplay. And, you know, I don't, I don't think in that situation, whatever the down and distance was, it was like, oh, God, why'd you call that? The guy, you know, sees that he's probably going to get tackled for no gain and then reverses field for 15 yards and gets tackled, drops for a loss of 12 or whatever. You know, some of that's just dumb ball, right? Like some of it is is on the players for, you know, some of the decisions they make. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe it wasn't the best call, but you can't make it a, you know, a cataclysmic call after that. So they're not running the ball. They don't have the ability to be balanced to make the play action work. It started working a little better in the second half, and that's really what Tom needs. Tom needs more play action. Tom needs some pre-snap motion. But Tom, most of all, needs a little balance. You know, he needs a little running game now and then, and they've never, you know, Ronald Jones, even though he's has 900 yards, a lot of that came in a couple of games, right? And they just haven't been consistent. I don't think their offensive line is as good as other people think it is. Um, they didn't have Donovan Smith. So they were kind of like patchworking it together, I think, on Sunday. And Look, it can look like that, particularly if your defense can't get off the field. I mean, this is the other thing. Like, you can't, you know, the slow starts, if it were just the offense, right? And and there was a game, what was it, their their last game prior Minnesota. to this one against Minnesota. They had five, one, two, three, four, five offensive plays in the first quarter. Five, right? What are you going to get done in five? Well, why couldn't they get more? Well, they went three and out after one first down. But more importantly, the defense couldn't get off the field, right? They kept right. giving up 15 play drives and first downs, and they were fortunate they got in the red zone, and the guy, you know, they get him in a field goal game, and the guy kept missing field goals. But your defense has to play better to give your offense a chance. And every time you can you convert in situational football, you get to third down. There's no rule, by the way, that says you have to have three downs to go 10 yards. But if you get to third down and you don't convert, you've not, you know, look what happened to start that game, for example. Atlanta comes out in the first two plays, the Bucks are flying around. Devin White destroys a guy. They're third and nine, Tom. They gained one yard on their first two plays, right? Then it's a check down. A check down to Todd Gurley, who has no burst at all. They miss a tackle. They miss another tackle. He gets the first down. Now you give Matt Ryan three more plays. Now he gets another first down. All of a sudden he's in rhythm and they go down and score. The game changes on a few plays. Because games like football have momentum, right? We saw the momentum that the Falcons had in the first half. Then we saw the momentum the Bucks had in the second half. Well, how is that possible? Because they keep making plays. You have to make plays on both sides of the ball. The defense didn't do it. They didn't give Tom Brady many chances. And then, you know, they had 11 plays, I think, in the first quarter on Sunday instead of five. So all this is to say there is something to every, what everybody is talking about um, but it's never one thing, you know, it, I think the, the, the macro, when we do, when we cut the frog up, right. When we dissect it like a high school frog in biology class, we're going to find that, you know, the coaching wasn't to the level and the game planning wasn't to the level where they moved quickly enough to what Tom needs, right? Tom is a particular quarterback needs certain things, especially at 43 protection has to be key. You know, you can't always send, 
three guys deep and one guy shallow. Sometimes you have to have three guys shallow and one guy deep. You know, you have to have somebody in to block, somebody in to pick up the blitzes, different things like that, chip on on a linebacker, whatever, with a tight end. But I don't think they've done enough of those things for him quickly enough, and I think that's why it's looked haphazard at times. But this notion that Brady went in there and said, that's it, give me the play sheet, I'm calling my own plays, I'm done with you, Byron, we're not going to do this, I'm doing it my way. And then he went out in the second half and knifed him. Uh, I wouldn't. It's the same offense, man. <laughs> I think they're going to have to run the ball, though, Rick, more consistently Absolutely. and better. It's particularly when you get in a playoffs, particularly Green if you Bay. get into a game Green Bay yeah. or you go to even go to Seattle, Seattle or, or whatever. Yeah. Or, i be honest with you, if you have to go to Washington or New York to play, to play a game, you're going to have to be able to run the football. And to your point, yeah, the defense can't get off the field. Well, how about some like don't put your defense back on the field so quickly. So when you when you play, if you play New Orleans, you're going to have to run the football a little bit at right. some point in order to keep Drew Brees or whoever their quarterback is off the field. I like where they're at though, Rick. I got to admit, and it's so funny how I I switch on this team that after the Minnesota game, I was kind of down on them, even though that game probably when you look at the score and you look at how how it went, it was they were probably more in control than they were. This past Sunday, but this past Sunday, I really liked that second half was, and again, a bad team. I got it. That was a good performance in the second half. It was an NFL team that was trying, and they carved them up. And and if Brady can play like that, I think they're going to be fine. And I just don't think you see many quarterbacks that do what he did. I I, I don't care. Again, we talked about like this is not college football where, you know, at at the end of each Saturday you go, yeah, they won, but they didn't win pretty. Yeah. This this is the NFL. There's is not there's no polls. It doesn't really matter. You know, Ohio State's not always going to be in the top four just because they're Ohio State. It's like well, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll talk about that later in the week. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, no, it's I an NFL you, team. You. It's an NFL team over there, and they're right. they're motivated. And Raheem Morris is motivated to keep his job. And you know, Matt Ryan, you know, only has so many chances to play quarterback, and so on and so forth. So, I mean it. You know, you these are the the teams that you you should beat up on, and you should score a bunch of points against. They've got Atlanta again. They've got Detroit. They should mop the floor with Detroit. They should beat Atlanta again. Now you've won four in a row. Now you have a little bit of momentum, possibly, right? If you don't have these funky starts, and then you roll the dice and you take your chances. But um, I don't think all is as dark and gloomy. If I had to be honest with you, if I had to worry about one side of the ball, it would be the defensive side. Really. Yeah, yeah, and and Bruce Arians said it today uh, when I talked to him earlier, uh, or it was yesterday, I guess, when I talked to him, he was lamenting the fact that their defense has not played the way it should, um, that, you know, they've missed a lot of tackles, they've got guys on the back end, some of those young guys that look like they were growing up, now they've had some injuries, but, you know, they're they're not, they're just not taking the next step that they need to take. And it's always a combination of Russian coverage, but like Sean Murphy Bunding got turned around a few times. He's he's not played the way they had hoped. Um, Jamel Dean had been hurt with a concussion and a groin. Yesterday was one maybe one of his best days on Sunday um, when he played. And then you know you had um, you know Carlton Davis who was having sort of a Pro Bowl year until he got lit up by Tyree Kill, which wasn't his fault. And now he had to miss a bunch of plays because of an injury. But the the back end, I like their safeties. You know. Antoine Winfield Jr. is playing great. Um, you know, I, I think they've done a better job, you know, on the back end, but the corners haven't grown up and you know, and then you need you need more of Devin White, you need more of Levante David, you need those guys to, 
you know, at this time of the year, they have to be the Tom Brady's of the defense and be the splashy playmakers. And that's what Devin White did. I like this team. I like this team's offense if it gets into a shootout. And and at some point over the next when you make your playoff run, you're going to have to get into a shootout with somebody because you have score points. Yeah, your offenses are too good in the NFL. You're going to run into a team, New Orleans, Green Bay, yes. somebody who's going to put up 30 points, and you're going to have to score no 35 doubt. to win. No doubt. And in the past, with Jameis as quarterback, there were moments where that team could put up 35 points. The problem was is they would turn the ball over and give the other team seven or 14 points, and that's what killed them. This, if they can cut down the turnovers, I have confidence enough that there are enough playmakers. You know, I was watching that game Sunday, Rick, and there was a moment there where I'm like, I don't know why they don't throw the ball to Mike Evans on every single play. <laughs> he is so good. He is such an elite receiver. And there are times where it feels like he's he's disappeared. I'm sure the other team is doing things to try to shut him down. But then oh, besides him, you got Gronk who can still – look, Gronk can still play, man. Let me he tell you, like I got news for me. you. Yeah. He can catch the football. Yeah. Now he's not gonna. He, maybe he's not back in the old days where he's gonna catch fourteen passes for one hundred and ninety yards and two touchdowns and bowl over people for. But a lot of that, though, Tom, hours. don't you think was because that but Brady didn't have a lot. Right? That's right. He, that, he didn't have he anything else to crutch. throw to. Right. He was his crutch back then. Now, nah, but you can now you got Chris Godwin who that ball that he caught for a touchdown. That ball was Brady threw that ball one hundred and seventy five miles. An yeah, hour. that was hummed in there. Yeah, and it was like it, he didn't bobble or anything. It was like bam. Yeah. It was such a great play, such a great route. Such a, I, I loved everything about that play. Mm-hmm. And you still have Camp Braid who can make some catches. Um, you have uh, um, Scotty Miller who can who can blow by people. I thought Tyler Johnson was going to have a big play there for a second. So he, they have he, playmakers. Yeah, they got guys yeah. who can do it. And I and so I like this offense that if you get into a shootout against somebody. But to your point, yeah, I mean the defense. Probably more of a concern than than the offense at this point. Well, here's the thing, and if you if you're going to go ahead and handicap the NFC, if this was the AFC, I'd say yeah, you're not probably beating Kansas City, right? right? And yet, they trailed Kansas City by 17 and dragged them into a game where you know with four minutes left, if they get the ball back, they may beat Kansas City because they were there was a three point game, and and you know okay, so aside from them, let's look at the NFC. I mean. Green Bay right now has the number one seed, and they they are on as a, a big a role as as any team is right now. But their schedule has sort of turned a little towards the soft side at this point, so they should be winning those games. But aside from geography, where they're used to playing in bad conditions, and that might get you, again, no fans at Lambeau. You don't have the mystique of some of these places. They've beaten Green Bay. Does hey, that mean we they can... talk about weather too, Rick? As long as it's not like four below. Right, right, right. It's fine. But if, you, if, if, if you it's like 25 football, and yeah. flurries, if can, like. If you can throw the football yeah. and catch the football and not just be, you know, limited to, you know, the run game and that's it. As long as you don't have, like, as long as you don't walk out of everybody's face looking like Tom Coughlin's face did, like, oh. back that FC championship, you'll be fine, I think. Watch the freezer burn actually occur <laughs> in real time. You know, when I was in Minnesota, did I tell you this? Because you lived up there. Yeah. It's crazy cold up there. It's it is. insanely cold. And at the Super Bowl, um, what was that? A year ago? Two years ago? Probably two years ago now, right? I don't even know where the Super Bowl I don't, was. I, what year. year is it? I don't even know. I, uh, 1990. Uh, anyway, when I was up there, uh, it was colder there than the North Pole <laughs> or Antarctica on that particular day. And we were out and about, you know, and you'd get off the bus because they had all the, all the things set up the Mall of America, which right. was a weird thing, right, to have a media room in the Mall of America, but that's what they did. And it was right next to Starbucks, so I enjoyed that. Um, but they also had two hotels connected there, and those were the team hotels. But to get to the Mall of America, you had a bus circle in front of the mall, and you had to walk, I would say, 35 yards, 
let's say, maybe mm-hmm. 40. Okay. Now I'm dressed, I'm bundled. You can't recognize me. There's nothing showing on me. Um, basically. You look like the you look like the kid in a Christmas story who can't yes, put his arms down, right? Exactly okay. right. My my arms were locked on the side of me. If I had wings, I could fly. Um, and so, you know, the thing is though, if you didn't, if you if you were dared to to remove your your scarf around your nose, which you were breathing through, I assure you. Now this is pre-COVID, okay? So we didn't have a mask, but maybe that would have helped. Um, the air was so cold that if you sucked in a bunch of air, you would know this because you were you were oh, lived yeah. in Minnesota. Your lungs would freeze. Like if you did it long enough, you're going to create damage to your body. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Never, never even understood that that could occur. Yeah. I'm breathing air, but no, no, no. You're breathing such cold air that your lungs are liquid, right? I mean, that's the insides of our bodies are liquid. So what happens when frozen air hits liquid? It freezes. You're freezing your Freeze lungs. Your lungs, yeah. Yes. It's horrible. Like, you could die walking to the Mall of America. <laughs> what a way to go. Oh, my God. So if it's not that cold, it's one. It's uh, yeah, it, like the, the, it's rare that the, those days happen. Actually, yeah. so if they, they, yeah, they, do they don't get that type of type of weather. But seriously, who else in the win. NFC? Who do you like? Who do you like? I, don't, you, I told you, I don't like anybody in the favorite? NFL. You the entire pick, NFL. Okay, I, children uh, at stake. I'm taking them. Right. You know, mortgage. Pick something that's valuable to you. You got to pick the winner of the NFC. Go New Orleans. Uh, and, uh, New Orleans, and I'm not that confident about it but i like i like new orleans defense at times mm-hmm. and i like their quarterback i mean i don't like him i don't like him <laughs> actually yeah yeah as a guy but I, as a quarterback i like him and he like him. he looked a little shaky in the first half on sunday um, first game back from 11 first yeah ribs. yeah 11 cracked ribs or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll give you i'll give you a pass on as the game went on he got better and better and better yeah. and uh i so i i yeah i would pick him Green Bay, uh, anytime. You know, Green Bay and Seattle have quarterbacks who are special players, and they can win games by themselves. But if I had to pick one or the other uh, out of all the three teams, one okay, or the so other, you're going to say New Orleans, and that's New Orleans is the team to beat. Yeah. Now, right now, Green Bay has the number one seed, so they don't even have to play the first week, so they would be a favorite. But okay, I'll do Green Bay at first. I'll, I'll do Green Bay and say this: Aaron Rodgers has been good for a long time. Yeah. He's won one Super Bowl. Right. Now, I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers' fault necessarily, right? But just a little sidebar real quick. Did you hear that comment he made? And I know what he was trying to I know what he was trying to say, but he had that conversation, I think it was with Pat McAfee, and they were talking about the GOAT, and he says, "Well, I mean, is it your best athlete? Is it the best this? Is it, you know, is it the most talented?" He goes, "I've been in that this He goes, "I've been in a discussion for No, let me give you the, the discussion on the GOAT. <laughs> Tom Brady is the GOAT. Period. End of the discussion. We're done." <laughs> no one has ever considered Aaron. Aaron, Aaron sorry, How many Aaron. Rings you got, dog. That's sorry, Aaron. You're not the goat. There's one goat. I don't. The, the only other person I will even listen. The only other person I will entertain Montana. is Joe Montana. I'll listen to Montana. And I'll, I'll listen to Montana, and I might, I might listen maybe to John Elway, but, but no, not really. But at the end of the day, we're saying here's the goat. It's Tom Brady. Period. Now move on to whatever next discussion there is. But this idea that Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, I've been in discussion. No, you haven't. No one's discussed you about that unless you wear cheese on your head. Other than that, no one thinks that. 
<laughs> no one, no one honestly thinks that anybody other than Tom Brady is the goat, with the possible exception of Joe Montana or Johnny Unitas. If you want to go John, super yeah, if you old, go school, old school, then we got it. NFL titles and all that stuff. Yeah, we got to change that. You right, know, you had right. John Facenda. You know, <laughs> right. the autumn wind is a pirate. Right. You know, exactly. That sort of when, it's, when, when when NFL films was black and white only. Okay. Exactly. I mean, I can't judge those guys. But Otto you're Graham right, Rick. Or, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been in the league a long they, time. He's won a lot. Of these. He's won one. They Super were thirteen and three a year ago. Thirteen and three, and non-competitive in Got the NFC beat championship. first round, as I recall. Well, I think they went to the NFC championship right against the 49ers. and were non. Oh, were they in the NFC? Championship? I don't. Even they remember were non-competitive. That. that game wasn't even close. All right, so they lose the NFC Championship, which is a good run. Okay, thirteen three. So they made. So they won. They actually won probably fifteen games in that point. Um, but I didn't realize that they had gone that far. I. It, but that's, I think that's right. But uh, but you're uh, they making were, my point. I never at no time did I think the Green Bay Packers were going to the Super Bowl. That game was the NFC Championship game was never close. Right. Right. At no time did I think that was going to happen. So okay, let's move on. Let's say Green Bay. Let's say something happens and their defense isn't up to snuff, and the Bucks have already beaten them, and somehow Green Bay gets knocked out so you said new orleans um you know i think seattle is one of those teams that russell's really really good i don't know that their defense is good enough no I you think could score i think you could score 40 against that defense yeah they thrive on the 12s on the and the you know the, the noise and the, i like russell wilson a lot he's been to two super bowls he won one i like pete carroll i don't think this is their best team i i just don't um the rams just lost to the jets Okay. Yeah, Jared Goff, by the way, is not the guy. He's an every other week quarterback. You he just, is. He's an every other week, and, a, and and that makes him an average quarterback. He's Forrest Gump. He's the box of chocolates. You know, he's you don't know what you're going to get. Right. So okay, so there's that. And again, I know they beat the Bucks. I know whatever. And um, they're capable of beating him again. Don't get me wrong. I, but I will I, say I don't to trust you, them. I will say to you, the Saints. This is why I think the Saints have the best chance. Okay is that the continuity of Sean Payton, who was a tremendous play caller, who has lost one game without Drew Brees out of like eight or nine in two years, right? He won all five with Teddy Bridgewater a year ago. So it's not just Drew Brees, right? Although you want you want Drew if you're going to make a run. Sure. But nonetheless, he knows how to use Taysom Hill. He knows how to use guys. Okay. However, don't minimize this. The New Orleans Saints have their own ghosts of postseasons past to yeah, overcome. You talk about a team that when they get to the postseason is waiting for the shoe to drop. No no pun intended for the University of Florida. Listen, you know, one year it's the Minnesota miracle, right? Mm-hmm. The next year it's the no call of no calls, right? The pass interference. They're never going to think they're actually in the Super Bowl until they wake up and they're in Tampa, and it's February 7th. So they've got their own whole – and you know what? And, and they're better than the Bucks. There's no question. They have proven it twice. They beat, the, you know, they beat them in the opener, which you could say, well, you know, it's first time out. But you know what? They beat the hell out of them in Tampa, and their defense was great, okay? They're better than the Bucks. But here's the thing. You have to be better on that day. You have to be better on that day. You don't have to be better than them all season. You know, and in the meantime, is New Orleans going to be fighting Tampa with, and they'll have all kinds of confidence. You know who else had a lot of confidence when they played the Bucks? Philadelphia in two thousand and two. Oh, you see you it know? all the time. You see it all the time. You and, see it all the time. Well, look, I, I, you could, I could honestly see you may, you may not have to beat the Saints. 
Somebody could do you a favor for you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And if Russell Wilson goes into the Superdome or Aaron Rodgers goes into Superdome, those guys are certainly capable of winning. Absolutely. Now, it's it's unlikely that you'd probably have to play. I don't know that Green Bay would play New Orleans for you. You'd you'd have to go through one of them. Unless New Orleans got the number one seed. Yeah. Those two would play each other in the the championship. Right. In the championship. But you could catch a break. And and like, again, a Seattle. You might, they might draw Seattle. And, Russell Wilson, I wouldn't count him out. Now, I believe that New Orleans will win, and they'll they'll keep on winning. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go through New Orleans. I think to win you'll this have week. to probably win a championship game there to to get to the Super Bowl. I do. And, but I'm like you, Rick, and you've seen this before. You've covered the league a long time, and we talk about these. And I'll give you a perfect example: Kansas City and the Raiders this year, and how the Raiders and Raiders the Raiders almost have beat them compl- twice. Yeah. Well, they beat them once and almost they beat did. them a second time. Yeah. And you know this, Rick. If you play in a division with somebody, that mystique is gone. It's gone. You know that it's team. worn off. Yep. And you're not intimidated by going into a place like the Superdome, even without fans. You're familiar with it, and we see that all the time. And we see it in college football too, where you're, where most teams might be scared to death to walk into Michigan Stadium or Ohio Stadium or Death Valley. But if you played in that conference and you've gone in there. It's less intimidating than it would be if you've never been there before. And if you face Drew Brees twice already, you're not afraid to face him again. Can I be honest with you? I was afraid to walk into Death Valley just covering a game at LSU <laughs> at night. I'm serious. I'm serious. I don't know what it's like for an opponent, and I don't want to know what it's like. But like, I was I was walking through the parking lot, and it was scary to me. There were some <laughs> drunk people there, and nothing against LSU fan. I'm sure you're great people, and I'm not trying to get you off this podcast but like on the way out i was kicking some jack daniels bottles that i couldn't see under my feet and it wasn't like you know most tailgates that i've seen so right. there's that it's a very intimidating place but no it's you know look this is why the nfc's wide and this is the thing this is what's so infuriating even over at the bucks themselves like they are they are racking their brains as to like and I think they have a clue as to why it's not happening, but it's not happening fast enough. And they're running out of they're running out of runway. They got to get the airplane up, you know. But the first step is to, you know, make the playoffs, and they can do that. When was the last time we said, you know what, the Bucks win, they're in? Can right. you imagine? When was the last time we said that? Two thousand seven. I mean, they had that little run there, and we thought they might have a chance. What? What? Two thousand two thousand sixteen. Dirk Cutter got into nine wins, but there was never a hey, you win this game, you're in. Right. It was, hey, you win this game and then beat New Orleans you're in. You win this game and then, right. you know what I'm saying? The last time, yeah, the last time they were in a really good spot was when they played that Sunday night game. They got flexed into that Sunday night game at the Dallas. The Dallas game, yeah. And they actually played pretty well in that game. They, they, they did. fell behind early, but then came back. They came and, back and lost, yeah. And, uh, and, and that got everybody excited, and then sort of things kind of disintegrated after that. But, uh, but you're right. And even then, Rick, that felt like even a little, that felt like a tad ahead of schedule. You know, oh, like for sure. If they're going Jameis's anywhere. second year. Right. Uh, this, though, and I, and I get, I understand sort of the sense of urgency that this franchise has right now. That they, You're right. They, you, to borrow one of your phrases, they didn't buy green bananas this year. No. They bought bananas that are ready to eat right now. Mm-hmm. And so this, any anything short of a Super Bowl will feel somewhat of a failure. But at the same time, to be realistic – and I go back to this. I, if I told you before the year, and this is people hate when you when you say, "Well, if I, you know, like so, like when the Rays played the Astros, if I if I told you it was one game, yeah, but you were up three games to none. How did you? you know. <laughs> but if I told you before the season they're going to be yeah. nine and five, yeah. they may not win the division because New Orleans is really good, but they'll be nine and five with a chance to 
and I think Win they'll beat they'll beat Detroit. And I think in that last game against Atlanta, Atlanta'll be they'll golf, be looking golf clubs will be out. Exactly. By then. They're yeah. looking to they're looking for the off season. Mm-hmm. I think this team has a chance to go eleven and five and play uh, uh New York or Washington in the first round of the playoffs. Fine by me. Sign me up. By God, I'd take it. And having <laughs> exactly. said all that, if they don't win it this year, here's your free agents, okay? Gronk. Is he coming back? Is he retiring? He's going back on, you know, selling products and doing the mass singer. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, you, you've got Antonio Brown's a free agent. You've got Leonard Fournette's a free agent. You've got um, Levante David is a free agent. You've got Chris Godwin is a free agent. So Indomitian Sue is a free agent. You know, um, Shaq Barrett you're going to have to franchise again or get a long-term contract. He's a free agent, and you have less cap room, less cap money because there were no fans, which means less revenue, which means they split it, and then there's certain labor costs out of that. So smaller salary cap, all those free agents. Even if you get O.J. Howard back, back, you're going to have some draft picks. You'll have some draft picks, yeah. Yeah, but still. there's In other words, there's some urgency to this year. Sure, absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, he's not getting any younger, the quarterback, I mean. Right. Although he looks like he is. He does. It's amazing. Really, like, what is he doing? I don't even know what he's doing. Do you know what he's doing? <laughs> I don't, I you don't, think that can't be avocado ice cream? I don't know what I've it is. I've drank a lot of water before. Have you drank a lot of water? Have you like? Are you one of those guys that just hydrates all the time? Like, I'm gonna, no. Because you walk and you ran for a while. Like, do you go home and like, here's a gallon of water. You know those guys at the gym? You ever go to the gym? <laughs> yes. And there's always that guy that's he's, he's, he's running around, but he has a whole gallon jug of water. A whole gallon of water, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, no, isn't that just a little bit much? Like, couldn't you just have filled that, you know, that It's giant, a little bit of a lot, yeah. The big gulp cup up twice or something before you or carry it. Or just stand at the, at, the, at the water fountain for an extra couple of seconds, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not one of those guys at all. I'm one of those guys that I live on Diet Dr. Pepper. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> water? Why would I drink water? <laughs> That's me, too, unfortunately. Maybe it's the water. Maybe it's the hydration. Yeah, but, but whatever it is, it's working. And um, Sunday, he looked as good as we've seen him this year. He, he can really good. zip the football. He, Very there useful. were a couple of outs. There were a couple of those quick, like, bubble screen type plays. Oh, uh, he threw it. He threw it hard. That, the that, deep ball was the perfect. Yeah. yeah. The pass to Godwin. The week before to Scotty Miller, 53 yards in the air, Tommy. Right. I defy you right now to pick the ball up twice and throw it 53 yards. No, I. are you kidding me? And then the other <laughs> thing that everybody talks about is the, well, if you get, if, he, if he gets a little pressure on him, then he's in trouble. Yeah, you just named every quarterback in football. Yeah, exactly. I watched Except Drew Brees one. struggle. Except one, Except Mahomes, one. who runs backwards. Right. Never yeah. seen a guy drop 15 yards backwards. You can't catch me, can you? Nope, I'm running backwards. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that game yesterday. You were working on Sunday. I saw some of it. Oh, my gosh. That guy's ridiculous. He's it's stupid. ridiculous. It's not there even fair. There was this one play. Remember the one play he's rolling right, and he's and you're thinking, oh, well, he's, just, he's he's got nowhere to go. He's got to keep getting chased right because they're chasing him, and he is, he's going to run out of room. No, he stops on a dime, pivots back, then steps up, then throws a dime. Yeah, the guy runs by him like it's a bunch yeah, of like, cartoon or like, watch something. This. Yeah. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it's like, watch this. They'll speed right by us. There he goes. He's crazy the way he plays. Well, and they had, then they run an option play. And at some yeah. point, if you're, I'd almost would have called timeout and thrown a red challenge flag. I'm like, they could, they're not allowed to do that. Come he on. Threw, he threw a two handed <laughs> chest pass. <laughs> right. It like didn't even, 
it was like this? one of those Irving Magic Johnson, like just like t- didn't even touch. He's like barely touched it. Those are when, plays where it's like that. Those should be illegal. Like, when the gotta, Chiefs play, shouldn't they play Sweet Georgia Brown when they're on it, offense? It's a, the Globetrotters. You're absolutely right. I enjoy. And here's the thing. You know what's fun? And and you know how we are. We don't care who wins or who loses any game. But I'll admit this. I don't, I don't like know. I'm New Orleans. Starting to, I'm starting to think I can. No, go ahead. I don't like New Orleans. I don't like Sean Payton. I don't like Drew Brees. I just don't you like them. don't? They bug me. They irritate me. Why does me. Drew Brees bug you? Well, you know the whole thing before the season with the anthem and stuff. That was just a icing Yeah, it was tone deaf, I thought. But he's. But. I think he's uh, I think he's a little – I don't know. I just don't like him. And I, maybe it's the swagger that he's earned. It's, it's just it annoys me. I don't like Brees. I don't like Payton. You know he's about as tall as you, right? He's, yeah, and he can play football a little better too. Yeah, but I he, stood next to him. He's a small. He's. Dude. I just. I don't like them. So it's fun to watch when Pat when Patrick Mahomes is on is one of your guys. <laughs> you yeah. Know, for, you re- so for re- an afternoon, Patrick Mahomes was on my team, and it was. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so fun to just watch this every week. Now, I grew up in the '70s with the Steelers, and that defense and everything. This is just ridiculous, though. This is fun to watch. It is fun. You know what could be fun is hmm. the lightning season if we get to it. Maybe. The NHL, they're actually going to play 50, I don't know if you heard, 56 games. You could do that in your sleep, Tom. Imagine this. Okay, here, just real quick, 56 games. Let's just think about this. As you're watching this season, think of them as baseball games. And, like, boy, Joe DiMaggio got a hit in every single one of these games. That won't yeah, exactly. press yeah, you on how much that, that that's how much is the greatest is, yeah. streak in baseball. But yeah. 50, 56 games, and um, they've changed all the divisions now. Yes. So because of, again, I guess Canada can't travel, so they've got a Canada, Canadian division. So the Lightning have, have their division is going to set up this way. Chicago, Dallas, Columbus, which you know they love, uh, Carolina, Nashville, and Detroit. Fine you were by me. Before the podcast, Florida, they, they got yeah. a break. This is this is fine. I think this is fine by me. Okay, you look at the other division. It's mostly made up of the Eastern teams. Mm-hmm. Boston, I want no parts of Boston. The Islanders, which Improving. the Islanders might be the best team in that division. The Rangers yeah. are up and coming. The Flyers were really good last year. Penguins still have superstars. The Washington Capitals, who seem to have the Lightning's number. And then you have Buffalo and New Jersey, which aren't horrible. I mean, especially mm-hmm. Devils aren't horrible. So you're telling me her, Carolina? The, Carolina's getting better. Chicago, yeah. they're rebuilding. Columbus, you knocked them out. You, I Dallas think you, made it to the finals. Dallas made it to the finals. Detroit, they're still rebuilding. Florida's figuring rebuilding. Nashville's on their way down. I like that division. I like that. I, like that. I think you could do some damage in that division. Yeah. Now, well, the problem, which now there's a problem, though, right? Yeah, because this was a – is this your boy, Pierre Lebrun, was reporting this? I, I think Elliot Friedman, my oh, other boy, okay. was the All first right. one to, to jump on this. It was one of them. But um, apparently, according to my sources, <laughs> Nikita Kucherov, uh, yeah, that guy, the most valuable player, if you will, of the Lightning, I would think at this point, superstar, um, has a bit of a hip injury. And there's not a lot of information about it. It, but if it's, you know, he's, it, I guess he's going to take what they say is sh- a shot, a shot of what? What are we talking? A shot of whiskey? What are we talking about here? But he's going to take a shot, and, it, and if, if it improves, then he should be okay. But if it doesn't, it could be something that lingers. So when I hear hip and hockey, I don't think those two mesh very well. No, you're exactly right, Rick. Two injuries, not all, all injuries can be, can be rough, knee injuries, whatever, back. Mm-hmm. But... 
hip and abdomen, those are the, and we all know what Stephen Stamkos went through with his abdomen and yeah. core type injuries. Core injury, yeah. But hip, and he hasn't played a game since whatever September. It's been a while now, right? Since he's actually played, uh, this is a concern. And you're talking about getting cortisone shots now. Cortisone shots can be. You ever had one? I have, and let me just say, and, and of course, first of all, I you know I grade everything on a Stroud curve because look, I'm a wimp. Okay, I don't <laughs> like pain at all. Right, my threshold is zero. So when I kick the bed, walking, you know, because I'm now spatially, I'm one of these people. I'm at the age, Tom, where I don't know where my feet are. No, it but, happens all. It happens to all of but us. But I'm reminded. I'm reminded every time I bang it into something, which is constantly right. Right. So, but when that happens, like I'm, I'm. I'm in a fetal position for about a half hour. Like the pain <laughs> radiates through my whole body. One time, um, I, I used to run a lot. Me and you, you know, we played basketball on the hard courts at Roberts. You know, the tough outdoors the mean, asphalt the mean streets yeah. outside. Yeah, uh, but we played every Saturday, and that's that's just what you did. You played basketball when you were growing up, and I ran a lot until I was about, I don't know, forty, and I or forty five, and I decided why am I, why, why am I running? I'm not Forrest Gump. Like, what am I doing? Right. You know. And by so that stopped, point, your knees were gone. My knees and hips because right. of all the concrete because I ran outside on the concrete to play basketball outside. Anyway, during one of these areas where I had not quit running yet, um, but probably this was a good – this is your body saying stop running. My hip was really, really – it was barking at me really bad, like to the point where I didn't look good when I walked, right? Right hip, never forget it. <clears throat> so it was killing me. I couldn't run and I could barely walk. So I went to the doctor, and they go, well, you know, what we can do is we can give you a cortisone shot. And you're like, okay, what does that do? Well, it's, it, you know, you get, get the cortisone, it's kind of an anti-inflammatory. It takes, you know, because what you have is all the swelling from the irritation of the bones basically rubbing together because you've, you've pounded out all the cartilage in your body and all the cushion in your joints, and you're basically old. And so now's a good time to stop, but... If you just want to take it easy, we'll we'll give you a cortisone shot, and if you if you kind of like just walk for a while, and you know maybe eventually that swelling will leave you. And it all sounded good until I got one. <laughs> I heard they hurt. Oh, and don't, especially don't they, don't they hurt? I heard they hoit. They hoit. They hoit. And and they hoit because it's like anything else. It's like where does it hurt? Right here. Okay, let me stick it right there. like yeah. like the more you can tell them where the pain is. That they're putting like a red dot, right, to to jam the needle through it, and and it's not one of those things. That, that and two things that bothered me in my life, and they both involved needles, was getting a knee drained of fluid, about fifty cc's of fluid after knee surgery. They had to bring in two nurses to hold me down that day. With the cortisone shot, it was just one. Um, but I mean, I need to tell you, they needed a, they needed like. A lot of people, a couple of doctors, a couple, you know, whatever. Anybody they had on staff needed to be there because it hoit. And it didn't just hurt when it happened, when they when they stuck it in there. It hurt for a while. <laughs> well, it, and apparently, like, once you get one, all subsequent ones are less effective. Right? They're less effective. That's what I was going to say. And here's the other thing. It never really solves anything. It's just it's a temporary sort of reduction of swelling. Right. So it masks it. Almost. It masks it a little. So it, it no. I mean, it helps it because the swelling goes down. But guess what? They haven't addressed the problem. Right. Right. So there's a problem. So, you know, something is creating that swelling. Something is, you know, there, there's there's friction. There's there's cartilage. There's some sort of, you know, uh, labrum. There's some there's something in there that's causing your hip to hurt. 
right? That's causing the inflammation, which is the sign that you're that you're in pain. And until they address that, and that's why I worry about Kucherov. I mean, like, this is just pain management. You know, like, we will. you don't feel good, your hip hurts, let's give you a shot. Okay. Now what happens when that wears off? Right. So I don't like where this, I mean, it doesn't well, sound I don't. It great. doesn't sound great. And here's the thing you got to remember, Rick. These guys have played an awful lot of hockey over the last five, six, seven years. I mean, they basically added another season. Because and of a, the postseason. Another season yeah. of really intense hockey. Right. They went to the finals, uh, and, then they, and then they went to two conference finals, and then they went to another finals. This but has all happened in the last. This last one feels like it was 10 minutes ago. I know, and it does. It does feel like it was ten minutes ago, and it, it was a lot of games in a short period of time. And uh, these guys, they have to be, they have to be worn out. I, I attributed a lot of that that season to Columbus. That, and it's mentally too. It's mentally wearing on you. But look, we don't know what Stamkos' condition is going to be going into this season. Right. Um, you know, yeah, he's coming he off the core, the core injury. He's getting. You know, he's at an age now where he's been banged up a lot throughout his career. Victor Hedman has played a bazillion minutes in the last five or six years. Yes. This is a, you know, I still think they're a team to beat. I still think they're a Stanley Cup favorite, but if Kucherov is out for an extended period of time, the only good news is I think they'll get a little bit of cap relief, mm-hmm. which, but I'd rather have the guy and figure out how to manage the cap than right. not have the guy and be okay cap-wise. So right. um, this will, it's exciting that they're coming back, but um, there's, this is a real concern. Kucherov, I I think Hedman's their best player. I think Kucherov's one A one B. You know, yeah, totally agree. Well, I don't know that you know. It seems like something always happens after they win the Stanley Cup. Hard to repeat. We know that. Um, shorter season. I I I just don't know how I feel about their chances. You know, fifty six games. It's a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yeah, and you start to play the same teams over and over again. There's a there's a monotony about it that will set in quickly. Because it's only that many teams, right? Yeah, it's that many teams. You're going to the same places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the only way you approach it, Rick, is, and I think Cooper is a good guy to have it because Cooper has a pretty even hand. He's not a he's not a guy who gets too high or too low. Mm-hmm. You have to just stress we need to play consistent. We can't go through any long losing streaks. It's kind of like the baseball season we talked about the race. You can't afford four, five, six-game losing streaks when you're talking about that those short those few games. If you can just keep your head above water, get to the playoffs. That's all that matters. Get to the, find a way to get to the, to the postseason and then recalibrate from there. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. It's going to be an interesting hockey season. Tommy, you are, uh, are you on holiday vacation? I'm, I'm on, on holiday, holidays, baby. Vacation. Holiday. It's yeah? little go-go's vacation, yeah. So you're telling me that the, the, the Pointer Media Institute uh, – is is not uh, opining on on coverage of whatever's going on right now. Nope, unless it's something major were to happen, and it would have to be pretty stinking major for me to get. How about off. insurrection? My, <laughs> and I'd have to get off for me to get off my couch at this point and not sit there watching Law and Order and Twilight Zones and Judge Judy all day. Are you kidding? It's gonna have to be. It's got to be a big deal. We have to have martial law. Sounds like a great maybe. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're talking about Marshall. You're talking about Marshall Dillon. You're talking about gun smoke. That's exactly right. It's the only martial law I'm familiar with, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. Well, normally we would read you in pointer.org. That's pointer.org. Well, you could go check my year in media. I have a year in media. Hey, I heard you had a real popular pick for the uh, – uh, you got a little shout-out from some folks for, for your choice. My media personality of the year, my, my most influential media person, was a guy by the name of Ed Young. 
who is the science writer for The Atlantic. And he wrote about coronavirus and his his grasp of the virus and everything that's associated with it is phenomenal. And if you haven't had a chance, go back and, and look up Ed Young, who's a British journalist who, like I said, writes for The Atlantic. And his work on coronavirus was spectacular this year. Well, you must have had a good choice because everybody applauded it, which is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. People don't go the Who's he talking about? Um, so that's good. So pointer.org. Tom Jones, he'll join us again tomorrow. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Rick. Tom Jones will be back tomorrow to talk about the college football playoffs. Is it time to expand or is really everything okay the way it is right now? Also, we'll tackle the Yuletide Dilemma gift cards or cash. When is each appropriate? I'll take some of each. Believe me. We got all that tomorrow on the podcast with Tom Jones. My thanks for Steve Bursnick. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.